Our text, Isaiah 28, 9 to 11, from the theme, Bible Doctrine, the Word of God. Bible Doctrine, the Word of God. In the 20th chapter, we find these words beginning with verse number 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with foreign lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. Isaiah talks in this particular chapter about understanding God's word, his doctrine. And the doctrine of God goes back into the apostolic teachings of the word of God. It is the teachings of the apostles that Christ first found and found and then began to teach and give instructions to them about the word and how the doctrine of God should be dispersed among all people around the world. What is doctrine? It is the bibliology or the doctrine of scriptures. It is the teaching of God's word. There are nine major doctrines that is recorded and that should be taught in the Bible. The doctrine of God, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of man, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of the angels, the doctrine of the church and the end times. And we can add to that understanding God's kingdom and the heavenly throne. God is one who exists simultaneously and eternally as the Father. He is the son incarnated, invested with bodily and especially human nature and form. He is the substance or the Holy Spirit. His presence and his power is within each and every one of us. God is one individual. Many people teach there is a trinity or a triune. But God is one and he operates in this fashion in this form through the Son, through the Holy Spirit, and through the power that resides from the throne of God himself through each and every one of us as believers. Proverbs tells us in the fourth chapter in verse number two, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. This is done by the following of the commandments of the word of God. What is a precept? A precept is the commandment. It is a guiding principle or a rule used to control, to influence, or to regulate the behavior and the conduct of God's people. What is the line? He says precept upon precept and line upon line. The line is a cord as connecting especially for meaning and is allowing the word of God to be connected. 
that it will manifest and work within our hearts, within our spirits, within our minds, and that we will apply these principles to our lives and live by them every single day. For the word of God does not have real power and does not manifest as it should in our lives until we apply the principles and the teaching of the word within our hearts and live by the word of God every single day. Isaiah said it this way in the 28th chapter in the 10th verse. He said, precept must be upon precept and line must be upon, upon line and here a little and there a little. This is done for us by the Holy Spirit that fills all believers. But when the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, he gives us the ability and the power, first of all, to seek God as our eternal creator, to trust Christ as our savior. And to reside upon the Holy Spirit who is the influence, the power, and the presence of God within all of our lives. He allows his presence to come upon us so he can guide and lead us as we look into the word of God and follow the teachings of the principles of God's word in each and every one of our lives. Word of God tells us and shares with us. God does this himself. Matthew tells us in the 22nd chapter in the 33rd verse, and when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at the doctrines. They were talking about how Christ taught, how he ministered, how he laid hands on the sick and, and they recovered, how he raised dead and all the things that Christ did. When they heard the teachings of Christ, because that's what the doctrine is all about, how he taught the people. He spoke with them with an authority that no one, authority that no one had. John tells us in the seventh chapter, verses 16 and 17, Yeshua answered and said, My doctrine is not mine, but it is he that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So there are a lot of people out here teaching but, and preaching, but they're not teaching and preaching this book. They're not talking about the doctrines that Christ told the disciples to go forth and share with all nations and continue to teach them after they are baptized. He says, teach my word. Share the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the heavenly kingdom of God that he gave to the son to share with the disciples. And the disciple says, go forth into all the world and teach all nations. Exalt them, uplift them, inspire them, and encourage them that the word will bring life into their souls. He tells us in the word, Christ said, my doctrine is not mine, but it is his who has sent me. See, Christ got his instructions from the Father, and he shared those instructions with the disciples. And then he equipped them and made them apostles. So when you hear about the apostolic doctrine, you are talking about the doctrine of the apostles, which is the scripture or the word of God. Where he says, all scripture is given for instruction, for reproof, to rebuke, to exalt, to encourage, to inspire, to uplift the men and women who have put their faith and trust in God. See, the Bible is not for everybody. The Bible is for the body of Christ. The Bible and the word of God is for the church, it's for the believers. Because the world cannot comprehend, understand, or know the word of God because the world is not interested in the word of God. That's why when you talk the Bible, the Bible says it's foolishness unto the world. But unto the church and to the believers, it is life. It is the power of God manifesting in our hearts. He goes on and he tells us these words in John 
chapter 18, verse 19. The high priest then answered Yeshua or Christ of his disciples and of his doctrine. They wanted to know, wait a minute. You're teaching and telling us things that we've never heard before. You're teaching and telling us things that we don't know. Where do you get this doctrine? And word, tell us about your disciples. Christ don't owe anybody any answers for who God called him to be. He is the savior of the world. He looked at them, but he didn't owe them any answers for what he was doing because what? He was already orchestrated and all power and authority would be given unto him as the risen Lord the eternal savior of the world. Remember, God gave it all to him when he resurrected. Just before he ascended into heaven, he says, Christ said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Yeah, yeah. So God transferred the power from himself to his son. The son transferred the power from himself to the Holy Spirit. He said, now go down there and teach them, guide them, show them the way unto salvation. See, that's why you cannot get to Christ without a minister, because God equips the minister with the power and the word and the knowledge and the wisdom to share it with the world that they may come to know Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. He reminds us in Acts 2.42 these words, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, apostolic. That's what he's talking about here. He said, and the fellowship and breaking of bread, which is our communion, and prayer. He said, come together, study the word of God, fellowship, break bread together, and continue to pray one for another. He said, this is the apostles' doctrine. This is the word that I gave unto them to tell the church, to tell the believers, keep your faith and trust in the living and true God and the Savior, the incarnated Christ, in the presence of the power and the Holy Spirit within you, that you may go forth in power. See, when you go forth, you want the presence and the power of God radiating and beaming from your lives. So that whenever you simply touch somebody if they're sick, healing will manifest. Jeff was telling us this morning, he said that I, he had his leg was bothering, his foot or something was bothering, and he said he went to the doctor and they couldn't tell him what was wrong with him. He came to church and he came up for prayer and I prayed and uh, anointed him to pray for it at his house or something he was telling me. And, and he said he went to the doctor and they told him what was wrong with it. And sometimes God has to do that. I remember my grandmother, she was diabetic and she had, her foot had swollen, her right foot had swollen up really bad. And uh, I said, Grandma, let me uh, pray over your foot. So I prayed for her foot and anointed it. And she went to the doctor and they put her in this whirlpool. And she said, Lord, trouble the waters. And as she was in the whirlpool and you know uh, relaxing that foot and 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 working it in that water there the doctor was drying her foot and when he was drying it there was this piece of metal at the end of her toe on the top toe on the left and when he pulled it out it was a paper clip now if god hadn't moved and ministered what was really going on in her physical body she could have never received total healing because god give doctors wisdom and knowledge too but he uses all of us he uses the ministers remember luke was a medical doctor and he went around healing people before he went into ministry that's what his calling was he was a medical physical doctor but the word of god tells us go forth pray anoint them and pray for them and he said the prayer of faith not the prayer of the person he said the prayer of faith 
would heal them. Sometimes you'd be feeling miserable. And I, I, I told Thomas, I said, come in here, let me anoint you this morning. I anointed his chest and told him to anoint his nose and stuff. And you heard him saying, he could hardly talk when he came in here this morning. But the power in the presence of God is real. The healing of God is real. The deliverance of God is real. You have to keep your faith and trust in him. Luke tells us in Acts 13 and 12 these words. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed at the doctrine of the Lord. See, when God manifests his power and his presence and his glory, you can't help but believe. Remember the man at Nan that he, his mother was crying her eyes out. Of him. They were taking his coffin out of the city. He was laying there deceased. And Christ came and touched the bearer of the coffin. And when he touched the bearer of the coffin, the word of God says that the child rose. Yeah, yeah. He was resurrected and came back to life. He was the only child of his mother. But God healed him, delivered him. And brought him back to life. Paul tells Timothy these words in 1 Timothy 4.13. Till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. He says teach the word. Exalt the word. Preach the word. Share the story of the word of God. Because that's all that we as ministers have is the word of God. What we tell you is what Christ told us. What we share with you is what Christ shared with us from the word. And that is going on from generation to generation to generation. God promised the blessings upon who? Our seed, our generation. And the word of God is for our seed and our generation. It is for now. It is for in time. There are words and there are doctrines in this book that talks about different things and events that's going to take place. Paul also told Timothy in the fourth chapter in the 16th verse, Take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrines. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. He said the word of God is for you. It will heal you. It will deliver you. It will save you. Sometimes people don't want to hear the word because it's not the most pleasant thing that somebody might be able to say. They don't want the word. They want somebody to hoop. They want somebody to yodel and holler and scream and make them feel good. But, but it takes the word of God to transform our mind, our heart, and to feed us. When the word feeds us, we are more restored. See, the word of God will do that for you. It will lift your spirit in a way that you can never get from hollering and yodeling. I can stand up here and holler. I can stand up here and yodel. But will it help you spiritually? Will it develop you spiritually? Will it help you to grow spiritually? Will you get to that place where you say, my faith and trust and assurance is in God and I will not waver. I will stand firm on what the word of God says. When I know what the word says, I don't have to worry. There might be a pain physically, but I can trust that the word of God says, speak life. The word of God says, Praise the word of healing over your own self. Sometimes you've got to pray and encourage yourself. Yes. Yes. See, we sometimes we depend on others, but we've got to do it for our We've got to pick up that Bible and say, Lord, show me in this book what I need to read to inspire myself, to encourage myself. David said that sometimes you've got to encourage your own selves. 
You got to inspire your own self. You got to uh, be uplifted. God will uplift you as you read the word. It brings joy to your spirit and to your heart. John tells us in the second John tells us in the ninth um, verse and the and verses ten, whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. So it says you have to read the word. That's why I always say read the word. What does the word do? It feeds the spirit. I got up this morning and I fed myself physically. And I was full and I was satisfied. But if I hadn't read the word of God, my spirit is starving. There's a pastor, I don't know, but one or two verses. Read those one or two verses and think about them and meditate on them. Open the Bible and say, Lord, give me understanding. Lord, help me to understand what I'm reading. Help me to be able to apply the principles of the word of God to my life. So that I will live an effective life. If the devil is attacking you, you need to go before God in prayer and say, Father, show me in the word how to deal with this. The enemy's job is to attack you. He don't want you. He want to stop the word of God in you from getting out. And if he can strike you with enough pain that you'll just mumble and yodel and cry and holler and scream and won't read the word of God or speak the word of God or speak healing over your life, guess what he does? He continues to impound upon you pain, sickness, sorrow, everything. I had a lady yesterday, I was on, on social media. And she said, I've lost a nephew. I've lost a niece. And just learned that I've lost another nephew. And I can't stop crying. And I responded, and I said, lady, I said, I have buried seven family members last year at the court. We funeralized four members of this church or members that are associated with this church of their family members. Last year, 10 funerals from January to the end of November. And that may not be the end of it. We pray that God will keep us all covered and bless us and protect us from COVID and other sicknesses and diseases that are circulating around our neighborhoods, our cities, our countries, and our communities. Yeah, yeah. And that God will give us continuous life no matter what we face or we are focused with. Yeah. Because just because you had a shot does not necessarily mean that it won't attack you. We've had members right in this church had all the shots and still got COVID. But your faith has to be stronger than in COVID. Your faith has to be in the God who has the power to heal you from court. In Christ, who was a healer walking to and fro on the earth, touching and everybody, he touched the hem of his garment. Remember the lady, she had the issue of blood for 12 long years. And she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. That's all she said. She had faith enough to believe if I can get to the borders to just the frizzles on the bottom of his garment and just touch that, that's all I need. And she got there and she laid her hands on him. And he turned around and said, somebody touched me and looked at her. The disciple said, Master, why in the world would you say somebody touched you when all of this stone, these people are thonging all up against you. He said, this was a different touch. I felt the virtue flow out of me. See, when the anointing flows out of you, you can feel the power and the presence of God when you lay hands on people. 
You feel the presence flow out and God will tell you exactly what's going on with them. So Christ says, I felt the virtue flow out of me. The woman said the blood stopped immediately. She was healed immediately. That's faith. Our faith happens. The Lord, help my faith to be that strong. That I can just pray and feel the glory and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit flowing through me and healing me from the sickness in my spirit. See, we have to walk in health and healing. The devil going to attack us. we we'll say, I'm going to stand strong to the day that I don't get up anymore. I'm going to praise God whether I'm sick or not. I'm going to exalt him and uplift him regardless of what I'm going through. For he is the one that gives me liberty, gives me victory, and helps me to move on. He says, Christ came to teach the doctrine of the kingdom of God so that the lost would find liberty and victory from whatever they experienced. Many people will say, or they will adhere to sets of codes and rules and regulations of legislature, and they will say, that's good. But Christ came to do better. He came to give us more. Proverbs tells us in the first chapter, these, these words in chapter one, the first few verses, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the word of understanding, to receive instructions of wisdom, Justice, judgment, and equity. Give subtly to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, discretion. And to a wise man, he will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. He's simply saying, teach the word. Share the word of God with his people. Inspire and encourage them to stay with the word. To trust God's word. Live by the word. No matter what you're going through in life, read, meditate upon, contemplate upon, let it illuminate your mind. When the word of God fills your mind, guess what it does? It brings you to that place of liberty. It brings you to that place of victory. It increases your faith. You want your faith increased? Read the word of God. Pray the scripture. You want to see your faith increase? Continue to trust God. Continue to rely upon him. I read the word every single day. Most of the time I try to do it before, before 5 o'clock. Because at 5 o'clock I'm posting the morning prayer. But I get up and spend time in fellowship and read the word. When you read the word it empowers you. gives you more and more power. The more you read the word in fellowship and pray and worship and praise God. The stronger you become and the stronger the power of God becomes on your life. You don't have to be the most anointed person. You don't have to even tell nobody you're anointed. They'll know it when they see you. Amen. They can see the presence on your life. I was singing that song, Hallelujah, at church one Sunday. And this lady came to me after church and she said, Bishop, I looked up there on that organ and all I could see was angels all around you. Amen. The power and the presence of God will manifest. When you give him glory and praise, don't take the glory. Give it to him. Give him the power. Give him the glory. Give him the honor. Exalt and uplift him, and he will continue to bless you and exalt you and lift you up. He tells us in our text, whom shall he teach? Whom shall he teach and make to know and understand doctrine? Those that are weaned from milk. 
You have people in church that's been on milk all their lives. They're in their 80s and 90s, and some of them are even 100 and older. But they have never had real doctrine. They've had the preaching, the Lord told me to tell you it's going to be all right. The Lord told me you're going to make it after a while. The Lord told me just hold on. There is no word in that. There is no scripture in that. It just makes you feel good. Makes you want to get up and run around the church. Makes you want to holler and scream and yodel and yell. But there's no word in that. The word, if I want to put the word in that, I can put the word in that and do the same thing. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand the doctrine? Now the word is in that. Them that are weaned from milk. Those that are no longer on the little things. They've advanced and grown to the spiritual things, to the high things, to the glorious things, to the powerful things, to the knowledge and the doctrine of the word of God. Those are the ones that God is saying, I want you to know the word. I want you to know my will. I want you to apply these principles. What are the blessings, the benefits for you and I that receive the knowledge and the word of God? He tells us in Proverbs chapter 1, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, verse 7, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, the, uh, the, fool, see, the word of God is foolishness to those that are not holy or that are not saved, that are in the world. The word of God doesn't make any sense. That's why the world runs rampant. That's why they run wickedly. That's why they can get along with all of these rap singers and all of these people that's doing all of this ungodly stuff. And it feels good. Because when they come to church, they can't identify with that because they haven't accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And when they do, their eyes become open. He opened their eyes and their understanding and they see clearly why the church walked out and left the world and received the Savior. Because they know there is power in that relationship. Let's wrap this up. What are the benefits? Psalm tells us in the 19th chapter these words. He writes these words, the psalmist does, in the 19th chapter, in the Psalms. The heavens enumerate the glory of God. And the expansion shows his handiwork. Day unto day he utters the speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Look at verse number seven. He gets into what the benefits are. The word of God is perfect. It restores the soul. That's a blessing and a benefit of Reading the word and applying it to you. Whenever you're down and out and whatever you're going through, the word, what? It restores your soul. Then he says, it makes wise those who are not wise. Yes. Verse number three. It said, he sends help from the sanctuary and strengthens you out of Zion. Remember all of your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifices. Salah, I'm sorry. Look, let's look at verse number nine. The fear of the Lord is clean doing forever the judgments of the Lord are true and righteousness is altogether a part of what he says to the body of Christ and to the church he says it is the word that restores 
It is the word that gives life. It is the word that brings liberty. It is the word that gives you freedom. It is the word that breaks the yoke of the devil that's attacking your life. When the enemy has you down to the point to where you're ready to give up, read the word of God. When a loved one is attacking and coming up against you, and the more you pray, the worse it gets. Keep reading and keep praying and keep trusting until your victory comes. See, the disciples were warned. They will revile you. They will persecute you. They will say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. That's what Christ told the disciples. But he said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward because of the things that you go through. You have the victory. When you're going through, when the enemy is attacking you, just say, oh, I'm going to hold on to God. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to wait on him because I know I already have the victory. When I study the doctrine of the word of God and apply the principles of the scripture to my life, I am going to walk in victory because God gives us the victory no matter what we go through. No matter what our experiences are, we come out with pure victory. The enemy may try to attack your life. They may come in with some craziness. But God says, I have your back. I don't know how many times I've said that from this pulpit. I've got your back. What are you worried about? What are you crying about? I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, a sound mind to go forth in the things of God and to keep your faith and trust in him and to say, in God, I have liberty. In God, I have victory. In God, I am more than a conqueror. In God, I am somebody. I am a child of the most high. I am a son of, son of the eternal Savior. I have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit flowing through me. The doctrine of Christ is alive and well in my life. It is the eternal presence and the power that keeps me going morning, noon, and night. I can trust and rely upon him, knowing that no matter what I go through, no matter what I experience, he will deliver me. He will set me free. He will guide me. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is. It is to keep you into all truth. Show you all ways of righteousness. That's what the word does. It liberates you. and makes you want to stand up when the enemy tries to attack. You want to use the word of God and say, look at here, devil. I rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. See? And when you say that, he got to go. He can't hang around. He said what? Resist the devil and he will what? Flee. He ain't going to stop attacking. But you got to resist. You say, Satan, I know this is you. I resist you and command you to go. When that sickness come upon your body, you say, you sickness, you have no place in my body. For with the stripes of Christ, I'm healed. Get out. And just keep giving praise and thanksgiving and keep praying. And after a while, you will begin to feel better. A couple days later, he may try to attack you again. You thought it was gone, but it's still here. No, you keep giving praise and keep giving thanks and trusting him that I am delivered for the word saying. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Shall be delivered, shall be exalted, shall be uplifted. Remember, the doctrine of God's word, understanding his doctrine, Applying the principles and the the, the commandments and the law of God to our lives each and every day will lead us to that place of victory 
and liberty no matter what we experience. Knowing that in the end, we have an eternal promise of life everlasting with Christ our Lord and our eternal Father in the heavens. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Our Father, we come this morning to thank you for this word, the doctrine of Christ and understanding the apostolic approach to teaching the word of God that you instilled in the disciples and told them to go forth, change their names to apostles and told them to share this message with the word that they may come to Christ as Lord and Savior. We thank you, our Yeshua, for dying on the cross, giving your life for our sins, that we can come and ask for forgiveness and receive you and ask you to be Lord of our lives. And you come into our hearts and lead and guide us. We bless you for this message this morning. Now, let it go forth and do that which thou hast sent. You said it will accomplish the purpose of which you have sent it into the hearts of man everywhere. We thank you this morning. We praise you for this assembly of your people. We thank you for this morning, this hour, and this message. We give you all glory and praise, and we bless your holy and righteous name. These blessings we ask in Yeshua's mighty name. That all of God's people say, Amen. 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 God bless you this morning.